Hey, good morning. My name is uh, behavioral scientist Tanola Oliver. This is the making of the mogul radio show where the dream is free, but the hustle is sold separately. Um, I'm excited about today's topic. I want to talk about entertainment and the business of entertainment. Uh, Talk about talent, uh, the importance of authentic talent, things of that nature. Um, I feel like I need to say a caveat that um, the conversation today, um, I always talk from a holistic and healing perspective, right? I'm always, my intention and purpose is always to be a healing agent, and and that is through the dissemination of information, right? Um, and so today I want to talk about talent in its various forms, what that looks like, how we unpack it, um, the responsibility that I think um, uh, that we have as viewership, um, and uh, we'll see if uh, where where this where this takes us. Um, if we'll do a part two, or if we'll just wrap this up in one uh, one take. Okay. All right, so um, today I made a post on, well, actually, I tried to post on Twitter uh, about um, his name. I think his name is Joey Badass. Uh, He is the actor that portrays Unique in one of the, excuse me, Power Universe um, franchise, part of the uh, Power Universe franchise, which is Raising Canaan. And so I've been, I don't always have an opportunity to watch all of them. Um, but Raising Canaan was one that I had a particular interest in as it relates to the various franchises. I typically like, I, I may watch an episode here or there, skip an episode. Um, and so I did have the opportunity to watch these last two episodes. And maybe the last two episodes are the first two episodes. Maybe it just uh, started back up. However, as I've watched this particular storyline progress um, between Rock and Unique, um, their relationship has been built in, building over several seasons, right? And so it's just uh, refreshing to see a storyline not rushed, right? Like they didn't rush the storyline between Rock and Unique. Um, They allowed the storyline to build uh, organically. And that's what I'm excited about, right? Like that is really the art of writing. That is what... um, that is what excellent penmanship does, right? Um, it doesn't rush to tell a story because storytelling um, is very important to the audience. And so today I want to talk about Spike Lee. I want to talk about um, I want to talk about Oprah Winfrey. I want to talk about Tyler Perry. We may talk about Oprah. Um, Um, and then I want to talk about, I just want to talk about art and it's a very simplistic and authentic way, right? 
And so um, I'm excited because I think um, Joey embodies this character, right? Um, In a way that is relatable and it brings humanity to the narrative, right? Um, that is, that's really, really important when we tell stories, particularly when we tell urban legend stories, right? Um, what 50 Cent is doing amongst the power franchise is bringing a part of the underground society that, um, specific demographics of people don't particularly necessarily have a front row seat to. So a lot of how they feel about the workings of the inner city society is really speculation. Um, and, 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 um, and I say that with, and, and I mean that in a fluid way, right? This is, this is not about race. This is about culture, right? And so you can have people of the same race that, um, that don't necessarily come from the same culture. And I think it's important for, to protect stories and allow people to tell their own stories from a cultural perspective. Right. Um, so that when the story is told, it is told from the lens and the perspective of the people from which the narrative that have lived, right. Have lived the story. Right. It's always risque when someone such as myself, right? I'm I'm a storyteller on steroids, right? Um, and I chose I I, I thought it not robbery um, to want to take the professional story of Curtis Fifty Cent Jackson um, and and place it um, in a spotlight, right? For for it to be more relatable. And for um, the matriculation from from point A to point um, C to be tangible for people, right, who don't necessarily grow up in an environment that says that you have the ability to achieve the impossible, right? I don't think that I don't, I don't think that Curtis 50 Cent Jackson set out to be a billionaire. Um, I think he, I think um, that he definitely intended to be impactful and to have ownership because he told us that. We've seen him say that in very early in his um, interviews, in his uh, rap career, and he had Dr. Dre as that example, right? So he was already charting his trajectory of what he thought um, or what he felt and what he embodied as stability, right? As a, um, as a professional, um, as someone who probably um, knew early on that they wanted to shift from rapping into the other um, various um, strategies of entering into the um, entertainment, right? 
he really told us that early on in many of his interviews early in his career and the and what i think is the perfect part of it is that he actually had an example of what he wanted to become right um when we look at people like tyler perry there was really no example for him right um, he had to cultivate it out of his own imagination, uh, the dream that he was envisioning for himself and for his brand. And so I'm saying all of this as a caveat because I don't want people to think um, um, that this is to this is never this platform is never to tear anybody down is to build and to heal and to disseminate information. Um, and despite the fact that y'all oftentimes regurgitate the information without due uh, citation, right? Um, I still continue to do this uh, because I know that it is part of what I'm supposed to do. And, um, and I trust the Lord to do what he does best, right? which is to, to send recompense when people step into the, into the places where they are supposed to be and operate um, according to how the Lord has um, postured them to operate, right? And so, um, but the problem, the struggle that I have with Tyler Perry is because I don't believe that he has ownership of, of a lot of the stories that he tells. Um, and that's not for me to judge, right? However, I think he also has some responsibility in the severity of the breakdown of the family that the African-American family that we were experiencing pre-COVID. I think the perspective from which he told his stories um, did not necessarily build the personification of the African-American male, right? Um, and so this is why Spike Lee throughout the years has been so critical of Tyler Perry. And I think he opened the door, so to speak, or Pandora's box on people thinking that they are entitled to tell other people's stories, right? Um, and so I'm going to leave that there because, like I said, this is the intent and purpose of this is not to tear down Tyler Perry. I am very excited, right, to see the amount of achievement that he has been able to accomplish uh, within his matriculation from just a playwriter, right, to an individual who owns part of Hollywood, right? Because technically, when you build your own studio, right, and and 
and you write at the level that Tyler Perry writes, like he is his primary um, lead writer for his shows and for his theatrical plays and things of that nature. Um, That takes talent, that takes ability, and it takes tenacity that most of us don't even understand, right? Um, And so I celebrate all of that. I still struggle with watching how he frames his narratives. And so, um, and sometimes people don't even, art is a very spiritual thing, right? Sometimes people can be flowing in a vein unconsciously, right? And then it takes someone such as myself, a behavioral scientist, to sound the alarm or to shed the light on where the hiccups um, or the perceptions or the lens and the perspective of understanding um, and and bringing some um, some awareness to the narrative and what it looks like on the other side and the differences between um, the culture that we exist in and the next culture. And so I think there's a difference between, because people could very well say that what uh, the narratives that Curtis write um, have some toxicity to it, to society, right? Um. because it's about street culture. Um, But I think it allows, like I said, people to see, and and we have to always keep in mind that entertainment is just that. It's entertainment. It's an embellishment of reality, right? And so for me to see Joey progressively pursue rock, right? Through happenstance, right? That in his dealings with her, she turns from his enemy to someone that he has an intimate relationship with because he could see and appreciate her femininity right? He could see her as a woman, right? And for me, as a behavioral scientist, that's important. For me to see those type of things play out on, in, in, in the living rooms of American families, right? Because Society already feels that Black women um, are not human, right? They see us as a strong. That's what they always refer to us as, strong, right? She's a strong Black woman. She's strong. 
Um, but they never want to handle us, the softer side of us. And we are often duplicated, right? And, um, but seldom appreciated as African-American women. And I think that that is why it was such a disturbance when I tried to write my dissertation about my mother, right? Like, not often do you see one Black woman have another appreciation for another Black woman and want to celebrate another Black woman. And it's very authentic unpacking, right? And um, and I think that that's why it was so much resistance to me posturing the Black woman in such a way in the public sight to actually spend years, right, um, developing a dissertation about African-American woman in leadership because I think the narrative is to continue to see us as hard and strong, um, minus when they show us with uh, the black male companion, then they show us as weak, right? Weak and taking advantage of. And for me, Um, As an African-American woman um, who is, um, I would like to see myself as very balanced, right? Um, Between that South side and that side of needing to be able to represent myself, right? That storyline was important for me to see that unfold and for it to unfold in a calculated way in an intentional way of building the characteristic and the personification around what rock and joy are about to become to one another. Now, here is the thing is um, when he went to her business partner, right, or aka connect behind his her back, I felt some type of way about that. Like, oh man, he just going Rock then let down um, her guards and she's gonna, um, and, he, and he's trying to use her, right? So at first, like I was upset. This is why this part means um, so much to me as a behavioral scientist, because at first I was upset, right? I, it rubbed me a certain time. I was feeling a certain type of way that he went to um, her business partner behind her back. But then when a business partner brings up rock, I seen a different part of unique surface that it looked like he really had feelings and cared about the well-being of rock. And instead of in an instant making her look weak, he made her look strong and necessary and feminine, right? And for me, that was it. I said, oh, yeah, Joy, I believe you, baby. Do you hear me? I believe the narrative of the story. I believe the storyline. I believe whatever they are about to become, right? I believe it. It feels real. It's tangible, right? 
Um, and that's the difference when you have someone that is from that culture that has the ability to frame a narrative, right? And that's where I struggle with looking at Tyler Perry's storylines and oftentimes the narratives that he builds. Now, keep this in mind is he's from theater, right? I come from theater. Um, and I've written many, many skits um, for for the purpose of theater. And so when you have someone that moves from theater to television or to the big screen, oftentimes they take so in so the the writing ability that you have for theater, the being able to embellish stories to have to rush the narrative, because you don't have that much time, right? It's not a series and it's not a um and 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 it's not a movie, right? Theater is right there in front of you. So the way that you have to write for theater is a little bit different than you would write for television or for the big screen. And so I realized that the ability to rush a narrative is a gift in theater, right? But the inability to slow down a narrative in television and on the big screen is a weakness, right? It 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 needs some improvement, right? Because there are things that through the lens and the perspective of how you see the characters, right? Mostly they're African-American characters that are portrayed, right? We miss the, we miss, we don't have the ability to see the storylines build in Tyler Perry's work. So I think that Tyler Perry, um, it is his perspective that he is called to heal women, right? I don't think that he is fully cognizant and aware that his emphasis on the female character has really weakened the personification of the male characters in most of his storylines. Um, I don't think that he's aware of that. I don't think that he's aware of it, number one, because like I said, he is really his calling is to theater. He was um, presented with the opportunity to move beyond theater, which was exemplary for him, right? And an opportunity that I don't think anyone um, would have missed out on. But the value that we need to bring back some um, holistic healing to the Black family is missing in his narratives. Um and to a certain extent, I feel that it makes it it has it has been a catalyst for the vulnerabilities in the African American family because art and entertainment definitely um 
it has this impact on society. But I don't think that what he has done is intentional. I um, It has been subconscious. And um, my purpose, I, I think on the last episode, I talked about the differences in the narratives that we share about specific topics within the African-American community um, and with the, and the, within the Jewish community, right? Like the Jewish community will not risk earning an income at the vulnerabilities of Jewish people, right? Um, historically, African-American people um, have been exploited. Uh, the vulnerabilities of African-American people have been exploited um, at our own expense so that other people have the ability to build wealth. And for me, that's why I say that it is important that we protect stories from a cultural perspective, people that actually have been impacted and affected and lived, had to live it, Um, whether it's firsthand or because um, of the impact of someone that um, they have very, that they have some proximity to, right? whether it's physically or emotionally, um, because narratives, the danger of a single narrative from somebody on the outside looking in, um, it needs to be managed from a social responsibility, right? From a perspective of social responsibility. And I use this as an example because we all have a lens and a perspective by which we filter information, right? And I remember one time um, I was, I had a, uh, one of my friends that I talked to on a regular basis. And um, she was what I thought was one of my close associates. I wouldn't say that we were friends because we didn't do a lot of things together. And then I still had to manage some of the things that I shared with her. And um and 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 just just that there there are some very different um, characteristics between friends and associates, but I still felt that she was classified as one of my closer associates. And I said something to her one day, and about two days later, she repeated it back to me. And when she repeated it back to me. It was actually very contrary to what I had said to her. And it was because the perspective from which we process information was totally different, right? And she was processing what I was saying through one perspective. And and what I said, I left too much of it to the imagination, right? I should have been more intentional about what how I framed what I said because I didn't really realize that we hadn't had the same experiences up to that point. And it was probably at that 
particular point in time in my life that I realized that my experiences have been very unique. Um, that the people in the neighborhood and the way in which I was raised um, had been very unique in comparison, right? Um, and from that point on, I've always been very intentional about saying less, right? Um, be, and, and I'll just leave it at that. And so when we choose to participate in art, it is so important to allow authenticity to have its place in its space. Because I think, just in my opinion, how that storyline has built and that narrative have been framed around Joey and Rock. Um, not Joey, Joey is his real name. What's this? Between Unique and Rock. I think that storyline healed some women. I I really think it healed some women because I I really think it healed some women. I'll say that. And um, I'm always excited. And so some people have a plug and some people have the talent. And with talent, there there is people who have a specific specific gifting to do things. there is an anointing there, right? Whether you go to church or don't go to church, there is an anointing there and it has the ability to heal and to transform. And in this last episode, I seen that um, through the characterization of Unique. He pulled that from a different space, right? He pulled that, he pulled that particular scene from a different space. And um, I think he's operating at a different level of his gifting and ability to be an actor at this point. And I'm excited to see it because, and, and please hear me, I am not taken away from any of the other actors and actresses. I think all of them are very, very talented, right? I think all of them are very talented. Um, the story would not be able to carry the weight of the story that 50 Cent is trying to tell if they weren't, if they were not all excellent actors and actresses. Um, but I think at this level of the story, the way that Joey is tapping into the characterization of unique and the intent and purpose of the storyline and narrative that is, that is built. Um, he's now, um, uh, positioned himself from just being a talented actor to an actor that is called and anointed to tell a specific story and to do what he is doing. And so I'm, I'm excited to see what, um, to continue to see this build. Um, and I'm also excited to see what other projects he works on. Um, because most of them have multiple projects from what I can see. They work within the Power franchise and then they do some additional um, some additional projects as well. And so I'm just excited to see what what all um, his talents and abilities um, have have um, 
how they unpack, right? And so as someone who has been in theater and someone who's um, who like, right? Like Curtis has that way of pulling things out of people from an artistic um, perspective. It, it was at his concert. I didn't even remember that I used to be a dancer until I went to his concert, right? Like I had totally just not even remember, like I, I didn't even remember being on stage, being a dancer. And I've been on stage several times as a dancer, as a little girl, right? And then as a young adult as well, I totally did not remember any of that um, until I went to his concert. So he had, right, like he has an ability to pull that type of thing out of um, out of actresses and actors such as Joy and Rock and all of the rest of the people um, within the Power franchise, just like, um, oh man, it's escaping me what his real name is. Um, Omar, is it Omar? Oh, shoot. The lead, the lead in, um, how do I not remember him? The lead actor, um, in, in power. Is his name Omar? Oh my God. Why am I not? Or is it Omari? Omari, I think. I had to Google it. Omari Hardwick is his name. Yes, Omari Hardwick. Um, how he was able to pull a side of him out that we've never seen, right? Um, 50 is talented, right? He's equipped to do that. He's called to it. He's anointed for it, right? Um, and it you got to, if you have not purchased outliers, two things you need to do for your life, right? Before 2024, you need to order your copy of outliers. It is a workbook. It has the ability to help you to see, because he's anointed for it, right? All I'm doing is trying to take it and, and spread it out for people who don't really have the ability to see who he is and what he really does at his optimum um, capacity, right? You got to get the workbook. You got to be able to see yourself in Curtis 50 Cent Jackson, because he's relatable, his life is tangible, right? And I'm talking about professionally, I'm not talking about personally. And work through your brand and who you are and who you've been called to be and what gifts you've been handed to present before the world. You have to order outliers, okay? The other thing that you need to do for your life, right? If you have not subscribed to the Make Another Mogul radio show, I highly recommend that you do it like yesterday, right? The interview with Mr. Hightower. And people trust me to to protect their words, right? And so I refuse to allow the interview to be public before I could write the article and frame the conversation that we were having because someone from the outside looking in would not really understand the his, historical relevance of the conversation that w- that took place between Mr. Hightower and myself. Number one, 
he released some industry nuggets that need to be protected, right? Um, so in order to, if you have any inclination that you want to be a part of the oil and in energy industry, you need to subscribe. If for nothing else, just that one episode, you need to subscribe. The other thing is my entrepreneurs, my small business owners, people that operate in extreme levels of independency, right? There are some things talked about, about the various levels of professionalism, um, about matriculating to leadership levels. Um, there's some really, really important information in there that um, I there there's no way he said exactly what needed to be said. So there's no way that I can reframe it and regurgitate it. Um, the information that he provided is priceless right and and a lot of times i receive a lot of compliments about my interviews and the authenticity and transparency that the interviewees bring into the room based on their experiences and the lens and the perspective on how they process their journeys you absolutely have to subscribe to listen to that interview. And so um, that's all I wanted to talk about today. What time is it? All right. So I wanted to stay at about 30 minutes. It's about 37 minutes. And so this is behavioral scientist Tanola Oliver. This is the Making of the Mogul radio show where the dream is free and the hustle is sold separately. Um, how can you contribute to this platform and continue to motivate me to do what it is that I do? Ooh, excuse me. Hashtag, not hashtag, dollar sign, S-A-L-T-R-O-O-M. You can send a love offering. Um, you can order from the bakery, right? Um, the foundation owns a bakery. We do specialty candy and bakery products you have the ability to go to the website and order and what else can you do and then you can support um you can support purchasing our books um literary works reports things of that nature research um support art art, the art exhibits that we do um any of that is a hundred percent ways that you can demonstrate that you appreciate the value that we bring into this space. Um, And then you can also book me um, to speak to your organization, uh, the, the, the constituents that you represent. And um, I'll see you soon. This is behavioral scientist Tanola Oliver. And this is the making of a mogul radio show where the dream is free and the hustle is sold separately. Till we see each other again, live in the overflow. Peace.